Information is for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Paul Durso and Charles Bowers, Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios. Retirement is coming up fast. Will you have the income for the life you're dreaming of? Will you be traveling or flipping channels? Will you be helping the kids and grandkids or asking them for help? If you've worked, saved, and done without, but you still don't know if you'll make it, then welcome to Simply Financial, where you'll learn to invest like a pro so you can move forward with confidence. This is Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your first step to financial clarity. Now, here's Paul. 102.5610 WFMZ, you're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where we're all about taking your first steps to financial clarity. I'm your host, Paul, here with my co-host, Charlie. Hello, everybody. And uh, Charlie, you know, one of the most common questions we get here is, how much can I spend in retirement? And I'm guessing, um, but I bet at one time or another, you've probably been taught that if you just got your nest egg big enough, you should safely be able to withdraw about 8% per year and have a safe and comfortable retirement for the rest of your life without the fear of ever running out of money. And then someone came along and said, you know, 8% is a little too high. We need to cut it to four. Then somebody else came along and said, you know, 6% is too high. Now we need to drop that to four. And now PhD professor of retirement income says, 4% is probably too high. What's the right withdrawal rate? Is there a, a right withdrawal rate? Well, today we're going to be talking to Professor Wade Fowl, the guys whose research is sending ripples through the world of personal finance. You'll hear firsthand what he has to say as we look at his newest book, aptly titled, How Much Can I Spend in Retirement? But first, Paul, before we get started, I've got a little uh, story I'd like to share. Um, most of you listening, I imagine, have, have heard how men tend to go through a midlife crisis, right? And, and many times the end results are not so good because our crisis involves the search for danger and excitement. You know, like large, powerful motos, motorcycles, I think, fill the prescription way too often. And inexperience on these new toys often leads to disaster. And uh, sometimes some not-so-positive new relationships begin, you know, having damaging outcomes as well. Well, my wife, Lori, tried to head all this off, these wheels of disaster, and yet still provide me some excitement and danger that I was going to need in my very own midlife crisis. Oh, can't wait to hear yeah, that. So for my 40th birthday, Lori bought me a unicycle. Oh, wow. With a helmet, of course. Wild side, huh? She thought that with just one wheel and the fact that I had experience on a unicycle for my teen years, uh, that both Lori and I could come through this midlife crisis relatively unscathed. Well, I'm happy to announce that I was successfully able to ride that unicycle again. And uh, my true saving grace is, I think, that my unicycle was stolen a few years later right out of my garage. Uh, before my face could ever establish a, a damaging relationship with the pavement. So, Lori, thank you. But but I tell this because of uh, the uncertainty I had when learning to ride that unicycle, both at, at 40 years old and at 14, because every time I would try it, uh, my confidence kind of lacked. You know, you, you step on it, you hope you're upright, and then it kind of falls back. And it's really a tough thing because it's, it's something you've not done before, um, no experience with it. But you know, I would try it and try it again, and every little bit uh, I had some success, my confidence would grow until finally I was confident enough to take off riding down the street. And I can imagine the person feeling that same way when he's riding toward his retirement. Um, it's not something you've ever done before. You take small steps in, in planning or investing or even talking to a professional, fi financial professional so that uh, finally, if you've experienced enough little small successes along the way, your, your confidence begins to build that you're going to be okay, you know, same as the unicycle. And that fear of failure diminishes more and more with each successful decision. And we're always trying to help you take that first step to financial clarity that's going to lead you to confidence that you can ride this unicycle called retirement. 
Well, I tell you what, I'm uh, I'm certain that I would not be able to ride a unicycle, <laughs> not at 14, definitely not at uh, at 40. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, retirement is possible, and uh, it may not even be as as scary or as challenging as as riding a unicycle. Well, the, the consequences could be just as catastrophic. <laughs> <you> <laughs> face planning. Uh, face planning. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. So let's let let me introduce your guest. Uh, he's Wade Fowl. He's a professor, Ph.D. of retirement income at the American College. He's a previous selectee for the Investment News Power 20 for people expected to shape the financial advisor industry. What? an awesome um, selectee he was for that. He's won a variety of financial planning awards. His research has been discussed in outlets, including the print editions of The Economist, The Wall Street Journal, and Smart Money. And he's been on the cover of Financial Planning Magazine and the Journal of Financial Planning. So welcome, Wade. How are you doing today? Thanks. I'm doing good. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great having you today, and Wade, uh, why don't you start with a, a few words about who you are, what you're about, and what people are going to expect to learn from us today on this show. Sure. So I teach, uh, I'm a professor of retirement income at the American College, which it's in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. It's it's a university specifically for financial advisors, and we really have a focus on retirement income here. We have a, a retirement income certified professional designation. And so that's really been my focus with research and writing going back now since at least 2010. I, I like to look at different retirement income strategies and, and figure out what can work best for retirees and really focus on that. So when it comes to retirement income, it's it's fascinating to me that that's the focus of your entire university, you said, correct? Well, well, the university is about financial planning and all, but we do have a specific focus on, on trying to really push retirement as uh, a key specialty here. And and your specific, you personally, I know you've put a lot of research out there on um, withdrawal rate. Can can you just touch on that from a a thirty thousand foot view? Of, of what your research is and how important it is. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so I, I had started in this area. I was looking at, in the early 2000s, President Bush was proposing to personalize part of Social Security, and I was looking how that would perform, and that ultimately led into what I do today is to just write programs where you, you do tests around different stock and bond returns and randomness in the financial markets, and just test how different strategies would work in retirement, how much you're able to spend from an investment portfolio, what kind of alternatives there may be in terms of of looking at other strategies like holding individual bonds or using different types of annuities and and so forth, and just comparing different strategies to see what can lead to a better overall retirement plan. And you've, I guess, researched quite a number of these, and I've read a, a school, a, a white paper from the Wharton School of Business, I think, talking about uh, having a combination of these different investment types to help uh, overcome uh, fear of retirement or uh, handle uh, the, the sequence of returns in the market. Is that kind of where you're coming from? Right, right. Yeah, that retirement is different from pre-retirement. The, the nature of risk changes in retirement, and so the same types of strategies people use focusing on investment growth and, and investment returns may not always work best as a standalone strategy in retirement. And it's really about bringing in these different types of strategies to help manage the longevity risk, not knowing how long someone will live. The, the sequence of returns risk that you mentioned, that it's not just the average market performance over your retirement, but the specific order that the returns come. And if you get bad returns early on, good returns later on, your average return might be okay, but the bad returns early on can really dig a hole for your overall retirement strategy. And so those, you have to look at how to manage these types of risks and different ways of doing that. It's interesting you bring that up because we had a guest on the show a couple weeks ago that was very, very big into the bucket strategy and dividing your money up into different segments and you know, the first couple years of your retirement up to five years, you might 
withdraw some money out of that bucket and then you might have another bucket for another period of time. Or is this kind of what you're talking about here, dividing up into buckets? That, well, that's one classification of strategies that's out there. I, generally, I think there's four different ways to manage these types of retirement risks. So that type of bucketing strategy I'd put in the family of strategies that focuses on reducing volatility when you're the, the most exposed. And so the idea behind bucketing is, yeah, you have the, the low-risk bond fixed income assets to cover shorter-term retirement expenses. And then you have your more aggressive investments to cover the longer-term expenses down the road. And, yeah, bucketing strategies can be made to work. They're, they're not really my, my go-to strategy as a starting point, but they definitely can have benefits, especially just in the psychology of retirement. Of If you understand that if the stock market is down but you don't have to sell your stocks for at least five years because you have this bucket to protect you for five years, as in your example, then then you can feel more comfortable and stay the course with your strategy and and make sure you get back on track for that retirement. So we got a, just a few minutes before we have to go to our first break, but you mentioned you have four strategies. Could you touch on that before we go to break? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so the, the the more classifications that you – so spending conservatively, just making sure your spending is low enough is, is the starting point, and that's where things like the 4% rule of thumb come into play. But then the next group of strategies is to be flexible with spending, that if you have flexibility to reduce your spending when markets are down, that can also really help to manage the sequence risk because you're not having to sell as much at a loss when markets are down. The third group is reducing volatility or reducing the exposure of your retirement spending to volatility. And so that's where bucketing can fit in. That's where annuities can fit in and some other strategies there. And then the fourth group is buffer assets, something that's outside of your investment portfolio that's not correlated with your portfolio that you can draw from temporarily when markets are down. And the classic examples of buffer assets would be the the cash value of life insurance or a line of credit on a reverse mortgage. All right, so we're going to head to break here, and when we get back, we're going to put Wade Fowl on the spot so he can answer the age-old question, how to not run out of money when you retire. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, um, and this is 1025-610-WFNZ. We'll be right back. So what three things will you need for the retirement of your dreams? Well, first, there's income. Second, income. And third, you guessed it, income. But how will you get it? Will you have enough? Want to know for sure? We will create an income plan specific to you using our proprietary Simplicity software. Creating this plan is a $1,500 value, but for 10 of our listeners, we're going to give away this plan absolutely free. Only 10 free plans, so call now, 855-999-PLAN. That's 855-999-7526. Get on the list now for your Simplicity financial plan. Call now, 855-999-PLAN, 855-999-7526. One more time, 855-999-7526. Hi, this is Tim Wood, editor and publisher of Cycles News and Views. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso on 102.5, 610-WFNZ. One zero two five six ten wfnz you're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where we're all about taking your first steps to financial clarity. I'm your host, Paul. And just before the break, I had posted the question to Dr. Wade, you know, the age-old question of how do you not run out of money in retirement? And without further ado, how do you do that, Wade? <laughs> well, well, it can be challenging, but you've you really got to manage these risks. So you just need to make sure that you have you don't outlive your portfolio. I guess that's the question you're asking, though. So you have the longevity risk, you have the the sequence of returns risk, and 
it really is a matter of if you're trying to do that just with an investment portfolio and you don't have a lot of flexibility about reducing your spending, you, that's where you get into the discussion that you started the show with of, well, is 4% a, a safe spending rate for your retirement or should you be looking at something lower than that? But then if, if you have some freedom to move beyond, you, you can either adjust your spending or you're willing to look at things like annuities that provide lifetime income protections that, so you can't outlive your money, or you just have other tools, other kind of buffer assets outside of your portfolio to draw from as well. That's what can potentially allow you to increase your spending beyond that lower 4% or less number that you get with just the fixed spending from a, a volatile investment portfolio. So, Dr. Fowl, this is Charlie here. Um, I'm going to go to your book. Uh, early in uh, the book, I think maybe page three, you talk about a retirement researcher manifesto. And I think there's roughly eight points, and I, I don't wouldn't mind going over some of them with you. And I think okay. number one is play the long game. What does that mean? It means make sure you're focusing on a plan that assumes you're going to live a long time. Sometimes people, their retirement plan is that they're going to die in five years. And that doesn't really work if you end up living for 25 years instead of five years. Actually, so you've got funny. to really focus. It's so funny <laughs> you say that because our, our system, we use a, a software called Simplicitry. It's a proprietary system that we use in our office. And one of the most basic points, which is a very important part, is, you know, how long are we going to plan for? And we typically plan till age 95, and every, not everybody, but a lot of people kind of chuckle. And they're they like, say, oh, I'm, I'm not living that I'm long. I'm not living that long. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to plan for you to live to 80. And then 81 comes around. You come in my office like, why am I out of money? And I'm like, you, well, you told live, me you were going to die last year. didn't live up to the plan. I mean, that's a difficult conversation. <laughs> I had a lady in my office years ago, and she said, you know, I, I, we're, we're talking about this plan into 95. And she goes, you know what? Just get me to dementia, and I won't care after that. You know? <laughs> I mean, so, you know, at the end of the day, you, you have to plan that long game. That's which right. I think we're is all living vital. so much longer now. Yeah. And, all right. Number two, mm-hmm. how about do not leave money on the table? You know, what exactly does this mean and, and why is it so important? Well, it's just about being smart with your planning and, and not overlooking opportunities. Like if you're in a situation where you're still in the 0% tax bracket and you haven't filled it all up entirely, you have an opportunity to potentially sell some of your taxable assets and realize capital gains and pay taxes on those at a 0% tax rate and to not overlook simple opportunities like that where you can just get more out of your plan without really having to do much in the way of <laughs> sacrifice. Now that's a, that's a great point, and we're really big on saving in taxes, so I'm 100% with you on that. Actually, in, in light of that, uh, a guest that we had on three weeks ago, four weeks ago now, David McKnight, he's the author of The Power of Zero. He's very big into this type of strategy, and he thinks that we've got an eight-year, seven-and-a-half-year window now because of this tax break. What are your feelings on that? Do you think some of the strategies might be different because of the, the tax reduction that we've seen in last in this last this past January? Uh, yeah, yeah. Coincidentally, I'm just reading through his book again now as I'm working on writing a chapter about life insurance. But, uh-huh. but yeah, certainly now with the lower marginal tax, bracket, uh, tax brackets relative to last year and then that higher standard deduction, it really does change some of the planning implications now. Uh, am I remembering right? Like a $25,000 standard deduction for a couple, something along the line. But yeah, you gotta, if you're retired and you don't have any earned income, take advantage of that. Draw from your IRA at least that amount so you get it moved over to your, your Roth, Roth IRA and, and not paying taxes. And, and the lower tax brackets now, you, you really, part of playing the long game in that situation is yeah. potentially looking at paying some taxes now at a lower tax rate, which feels uncomfortable now, but then it can help keep you at a higher tax brackets later on in retirement and, and help to make you better off overall for your financial plan. I feel like we could have a show on that every week. Exactly. If you're, so just, important. if you're just tuning in, you're hearing the voice of uh, Professor and Ph.D. Wade Fowl. He has uh, written a book. Uh, called How Much Can I Spend in Retirement? And we're kind of going through different aspects of that book. And one other thing I want to talk to you right now, uh, Wade, is you know you, you talk about using a reasonable 
expectation for po portfolio returns. Now, I got to ask you the question, or begs the question, what is reasonable? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's a good question. And I think a good starting point is to look at where interest rates are today. Kind of one of my big pet peeves about a, what a lot of investment-based financial planners do is their software is based on historical average numbers for things like bonds. And so today, 10-year, 5-year bonds are at 3% or less, and the historical average might be around 6%. And if you start assuming you're going to get 6% returns from your bonds when interest rates are so much lower than that, that's really a good starting point about what I mean there is you've got to be realistic. Your bonds are not going to earn 6% if interest rates are substantially below that level. And that makes a big difference for what happens in that early part of retirement. So in, in this kind of environment, it means lowering your return assumptions and not just blindly plugging in historical averages for today's retirees. So in, in, in light of that, I'm going to just jump in really quick here. And we're, we're going to give the listener out there an opportunity to get what we call the Retirement Rescue Toolkit. And it plays so nicely um, on, on Dr. Fowl, what you just said and understanding these realistic returns. And when it comes down to it, you don't know what you're going to average over the future, but wouldn't you like to know exactly what you have to earn when it comes to not running out of money? And Charlie and I have a, a software that we use called Simplicitry, and it calculates the exact rate of return that you're going to need to average over the rest of your life to not worry about running out of money. It's, it's proprietary. Um, and it's something that we use to give such a great in-depth insight to someone's future and, and their understanding of how not to run out of money. So we put together a kit that can give you a lot of information. There's a couple books in there, one written by me, Rethink, Replan, Retire, one written by Charlie. Go ahead, Charlie. What's the name of your book? Planning on Living Forever, Financial Planning Insights from a Recovering Engineer. Which I love that. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a whole bunch of other free reports in there, some other things that not, you might not expect to get from a financial planning office. But with all that being said, all you have to do is text the word KIT, K-I-T, to the number 33222. Again, KIT, K-I-T, text it to the word 33222. Don't text and drive, but if you have a stoplight, pull out your phone text the word kit to 33222. And guess what? All you have to do is reply. You're going to get an automatic re response. You just text back your address. In just a few days, we're going to send you a package in the mail absolutely free. There's no cost to it. You're going to learn a lot about our office and our software and, and how you can get firsthand that knowledge of how you can not run out of money by averaging a specific rate of return over the rest of your life. So back to the... Uh the book here, um, and this I think is the way a lot of financial advisors um, uh, advise folks. You say be careful about plans that only work with high market returns. Can you give us an example, and how can people shy away from this when it seems like that's the, the main Wall Street model? Mm -hmm. Right, and so that gets into the issue of that sequence of returns risk as mm -hmm. well. Things like historically the stock market has outperformed the bond market by about 6% a year on average. But that there's a lot of volatility around that. Sometimes stocks dramatically underperform bonds. Sometimes they do a lot better than 6%. But if you're building a plan where you're essentially assuming the stock market's going to earn 6% more than bonds every year, that might make your plan work. <laughs> but uh, if that doesn't end up happening, you can get into trouble. And that's what I mean there. If, if the plan can get pulled off okay by assuming you're getting these good market returns, well, you don't have certainty that that's going to happen, and you can run into big problems if you don't get the types of returns you're assuming. So let me ask you a follow-up question on that before we get into the next question, which is, okay, if you've anticipating, and, and this is one of my pet peeves in our industry, is almost 100%, our software doesn't do it, but almost 100% of all other softwares, just you have to hypothetically bake in some rate of return. And that's really what you're talking and about. And it's kind here, of right? based on your risk tolerance. What does that have yeah. to do with anything? <laughs> yeah. So you, we're just guessing like, hey, if we make X and, and that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Dr. Fowles, is that exactly what you're talking about? Well, yeah, especially if you're just directly plugging in a rate of return and, and it's assuming that fixed rate of return every year, you can't plug in an average number. This is part of this as well. If if historically the stock market averages just, for example, like 10%, well, 
Well, half the time it will do better than its average. Half the time it does worse than its average. So if you're just plugging in that average 10% or whatever, half of the time you're going to just underperform that because that was only an average. And so if you want your plan to work with more than a 50% or a coin flip, you've got to assume a lower than average return. And that's, I think, whenever people start making plans around assuming a fixed rate of return, they're naturally going to want to plug in what they think the average is and not really reflect on how that only gives them a 50% chance of their plan working. Well, when we're getting ready to go to break, and when we get back, we're going to continue talking about Dr. Files' book, and we're going to see if we can't uncover a little bit more about that 4% rule and where it came from and why it might not be working anymore. So this is Charlie Bowers here with Paul Durso. The show is Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where it's all about taking your first step to financial clarity. And this is 1025-610-WFNZ. Two five six ten WFNZ. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where it's all about taking your first step to financial clarity. I'm Charlie Bowers here with Paul, and we're talking with Dr. Wade Fowle, the author of the book, How Much Can I Spend in Retirement? And we're just getting into the current thinking on how much or what percent can you carefully draw down from your nest egg for income and feel relatively safe you're not going to run out of money. So, Dr. Fowle, shifting gears, let's talk about that 4% rule. His, its history and where we are today. Mm-hmm. Well, in some, to some extent, we've been talking about some of the history already in terms of at, in the 1990s, the kind of typical thing was to plug in an average rate of return. And, and so if you assumed your portfolio would earn 7% every year, then it seems like 7% is a safe withdrawal rate. Every year your portfolio grows 7%. You take out 7% and you never even dip into your underlying principal. And, and so Bill Bengen, a financial planner in California, well, he was reading those claims and just recognizing that, indeed, there's volatility, even if 7% is the average. Right. You don't get 7% every year. And so he wanted to look more at what's the impact of market volatility. And the way he did that, he, he just looked at U.S. data, historical data going back to 1926, and he looked at all the different 30-year periods, thinking that 30 years is sufficient for managing that longevity risk, like a 65-year-old living to 95, and just testing if you got the market returns in each of those 30-year periods, how much could you have safely spent? Mm. And if you had retired and got the market returns from 1966 to 1995, that was the worst-case scenario where you could have taken just 4% of your retirement nest egg in that first year of retirement and sustain that spending level with inflation without having your money run out for at least 30 years. Has it gotten any worse? Well, since he did the research, in the historical U.S. data, the 4% rule still survived, but a lot of the concern for now is around issues like with interest rates being lower than they were in most of that historical period, with stock market valuations being higher than they were in that entire historical period, with the experience of other countries and and other factors like do investors really earn the underlying index returns or are they underperforming the market and so forth, then then it's a lot more questionable today about whether the 4% rule is, is as safe as U.S. historical indexed market data suggests. So I'm I'm guessing here, but I'm certain there's a listener out there going, are you serious? Yeah. So you're telling me that I have to count on less than withdrawing 4% of what I've saved for retirement, and the panic level has to be rising here. So let me let me jump ahead and ask you or ha- have, have you explain this idea of building a floor of retirement income. Let's, let's try to relieve some of the stress and, and help our listener out there understand that we can do some things to help circumvent this withdrawal rate by putting other things in their life. So what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that touches back on that earlier discussion we had about the 4% rule is it creates the most sequence risk. It's a strategy of just how low does your spending have to be that if you don't have any flexibility and you always want to keep that same spending level, you're still not going to run out of money. And it requires at least the, another assumption behind that original research. You need at least 50% stocks in retirement, which is pretty high. So it requires a volatile investment portfolio because bonds won't get you there when interest rates are low. Mm. So you, you got to go beyond that. And, and, and there's a lot of ways you can spend more than the 4% rule allows. If you're flexible with your spending, you can use a higher spending rate in early retirement because you know you're willing and able to make cuts to spending as necessary later on if you build a floor. So that's using something like guaranteed lifetime income. That brings in the power of risk pooling. You get a large group of people together, and you don't know how long any one individual will live. But with something like the 4% rule, you, you're assuming you have to, you're going to live a long time. You're playing the long game of mm-hmm. you're 65, and you're assuming you're going to live to 95. An insurance company with an annuity can pay you more than you would feel comfortable with with something like the 4% rule because they can pay you like you live to your average lifetime, whether that's your early to mid to late 80s, because then those who don't live as long help to subsidize the payments to those who live longer. And that, that, that's why annuities allow for higher spending rates than people would feel comfortable with from an investment portfolio when they're worried about outliving their money and therefore plan for a very long retirement, plan for the worst-case market returns in U.S. history and so sure. forth. And then just other having those buffer assets as well that you can temporarily draw from really can have a dramatic impact on helping to manage that sequence risk. It's, it's funny how with that 1966 hypothetical retiree with the 4% rule, if you had started your retirement with a million dollars, 30 years later you're down to zero. But if you could have skipped just one year of distributions, so you still take 29 out of the 30 years, depending on which distribution you skipped, and it's, it's, you skip after a bad market return, mm-hmm. you might still have close to a million dollars left after 30 years. So it's not that you would just skip a year of retirement spending, but if you had something else you could temporarily draw from, right? Then so, that helps. Yeah, that it can make <laughs> a big difference, can it? Oh, and, wow. and if you're if you're mm-hmm. just tuning in, you're listening to Dr. Wade Fowl. The show is simply financial. And you said something a second ago, a doctor, that you said fifty percent of your assets should be in the stock market. What, what was? What did that mean? Oh yeah, that's. For the 4% rule, that's one of the underlying assumptions, that if you want to safely spend 4%, in his original 1994 article, Bill Bengen recommended that retirees hold 50 to 75% stocks in retirement. And that's something you see time and time again in all the research. And it's just, with bonds, uh, when interest rates are low, like the historical safe withdrawal rate for a 0% stock allocation was 2.4%, not 4%. And that's because with lower interest rates, you're just locking in failure. You can't spend at that 4% level for 30 years because bonds, the interest rates on bonds can't support that. that that's this whole idea behind the 4% rule is that you have to be very aggressive with your investing strategy in retirement. So what to you're saying... Enough- so what you're saying is there's a there's a, a listener out there that's super conservative, their money's in cash, CDs, and they're going, so wait, I can get 4% on average if I have 50 to 75% risk? What does that number drop to if they don't have 50 to 75% risk? Well, well it's less, it's, and you can figure out where today if you wanted 30 years of inflation-adjusted spending, There's Treasury inflation-protected securities, U.S. government treasuries that provide inflation protection. And you could put together 30 years' worth of those and spend at about 3.5%. And that guarantees you will not have any money left after the 30 years. Mm -hmm. But 3.5% is as high as you can do in this interest rate environment. That can be a little uncomfortable to know that you're going to be running out of money at some point. Um, Income is really important to us, and uh, 
a lot of what you're saying here we, we kind of tackle in our simplicity planning process. So for the listener out there that this is really striking a chord with, uh, we want to offer you our Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Uh, inside this toolkit, you're going to receive two books, one written by Paul, Rethink, Replan, Retire, and uh, one of them I've written, Planning on Living Forever. And there's also going to be a great white paper in there talking about defusing the 401k and IRA ticking tax time bombs, along with a little something we're going to throw in, a uh, little surprise to help you with life stresses. So, folks, don't procrastinate. We're happy to send you this kit. And all you have to do is text the word KIT to 33222. That's K-I-T to 33222. Again, the word text the word KIT to 33222, and you'll be on your way to taking your first step to financial clarity. All right. So, Doctor, can you tell our listener out there how they can find your book, your website, your research? How can they get more insights to what you have uh, found and, and what you know? Sure. Yeah, a lot of that will be available on my website, which is retirementresearcher.com. It's, it's all one word, retirementresearcher, not, not research, but researcher.com. Mm-hmm. And I have a weekly email list people can sign up for. And then I've, I've written two books. They're both available at Amazon. The How Much Can I Spend in Retirement is what we've been talking about. And I've also written a book on reverse mortgages. They're oh, both, really? both, again, at Amazon. Really? So one last question before we we jump off is, you know, when we're going back to the building a floor of retirement income, you know, where does Social Security come into play there? Or if, you know, we've got a lot of Duke employees in the area and they they have pensions and there's some other uh, offices in this Charlotte market that that offer pensions. Can you expand a little bit on Social Security pension as, as to help build that floor of retirement income? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm really thinking more generally about reliable income resources, and that's where you can look at how much does Social Security provide. If you have a traditional pension, how much does that provide? And if there's a gap after that where, like, just hypothetical numbers, if, if I'd like to have $100,000 of reliable income and my Social Security and pension add up to $70,000, then I still have that $30,000 gap, and that's where I may look to other types of resources, whether it's annuities or individual bonds and bucketing type of approaches, but having something else to, to finish building that floor out so I get the full amount of reliable income that I'm looking for. Well, Doctor, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Um, you have Your insight has been amazing, and I know you're there's a big reason why you're so respected in our industry because of the knowledge that you have and, and the research that you've gone and made uh, and created and the insights. And I think we ought to try to get him back on here before he has to tell us the new safe number is 2%. 2%. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> interest rates are you know, climbing or whatever, and, and everything's going to have oh, a good. reverse effect. So, well, I thank you so much, so doctor. Much. And one more time, yeah, where, can our, where can our listeners get your book, Amazon? List it's the same books again and the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on Amazon, how much can I spend in retirement? Or just if you search for reverse mortgages, I've been lucky that the, my book's been listed first for a long time now. Oh, wow. And then my website is retirementresearcher.com. Well, awesome. So thank well, you very much. You're thank very you welcome, well. Doctor. And when we get back, we're going to explain how you can build retirement income that you cannot outlive. This is Paul Durso. The show is Simply Financial right here on 102.5610 WFNZ. Hey, this is Charlie, and we'll get back to the show in just a minute. But if you're worried about where you'll get the income for your dream retirement, just call us for our free retirement rescue toolkit. The first 10 callers will get two books and tons of other material you wouldn't expect to get from a financial advisor absolutely free. Knowledge is power, right? So here's a ton of knowledge for you, and it's free. Give us a call at Insight Folios at 855-999-7526. Get your free Retirement Rescue Toolkit today. That's 855-999-7526. Hi, this is Tim Wood, editor and publisher of Cycles News and Views. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso on 102.5610 WFNZ.
Dig it. 1025 610 WFNZ. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where we're all about taking your first steps to financial clarity. I'm your, your host, Paul. And just before the break, we kind of threw out that we're going to tell you in this segment exactly how to build retirement income that you cannot live. But before we get there, we got to talk about two different types of investors. So the first type of investor we like to call a grower, and we're going to put a, a type of grower. We're going to call you a, a corn grower. A corn gro- grower. A corn. Explain, what is that? What is a corn grower, Charlie? Well, you know, being from the South, we all see the corn fields on the side of the road, and when it comes time to uh, the harvest, you grab all these ears of corn, and then the corn stalk is gone. And they turned uh, they turn it under. A lot of times you see those bare fields that's that you right. can tell something just went through there. And, and so, so in, in looking at this, you grow it. You cut it off, you eat it, and that, that's the extent of it. You plant, you grow, you eat, and you have to repeat. Well, what if you don't repeat? So if, if I planted some seeds for corn and I harvested that corn, I ate that corn, I did nothing after that, what happens? You don't eat tomorrow. So that nothing regrows automatically. Nothing's going to regrow on its own. You're going to have to reinvest in so, planting some more So seed. let me put this into perspective of what type of investor this is. This is the person that goes out and wants to buy low and sell high. How many of you out there have heard this mentality that I'm going to buy a, a stock, a mutual fund or whatever. I'm going to put money into my 401k and IRA and I'm going to buy something low and I'm going to watch it grow and then I'm going to sell it high. The problem with this is just like growing corn. It's a one-time transaction. Once you And sometimes you might not be a good planner. You no. might be buying in the middle and selling in the middle and you get nothing to show for it. And, and this is the concern with the state of how we teach financially in this country that it's all transactional. We're going to buy and sell, and that's how we find profit. There's the other side, this other type of investor that we liken to a planter. Mm-hmm. This is somebody, and we're going to use a, a, an apple tree as an, as an example here, where you, you plant the tree, the apple seed, and you, you grow this wonderful, beautiful apple tree. And what does that tree do? It produces it's apples. Produce fruit. fruit. Low-hanging fruit, fruit, high-hanging fruit, some you got to work for, some you don't, and you just go and and you pluck that and you eat it, and guess what happens next season? Do you you have to replant? That tree's still there. The tree's still there. It continues to produce fruit. So this is the type of investor out there that goes and puts their money into a type of vehicle. And by the way, I'm not talking about an annuity. One of the things that was brought to my attention this last week on the show is that I should probably clarify to some degree of the types of investments that that we're going to talk about. Let me tell you one thing that we're not talking about that we typically do not talk about, which is income-producing annuities. And not that we don't like them, um, but it's not something that when when we're speaking about driving retirement income or consistent income, there's so many places that can come from. It doesn't have to be an annuity. In this particular example... I am by no shape or fashion talking about buying or planting or producing any type of an annuity. It's more of a different type of investment. Let's just pick on dividend-producing stocks. You go buy a stock, and it pays a dividend. I mean, everybody's heard of Duke in this area, not Duke College, you know, the energy company here. And if you bought their stock, they pay an awesome dividend. Now, That's when right. I say awesome, just it's a high percentage. It's, a, it's about 6% right now. That means if you hold a share of, of Duke stock, just like the apple tree, you've planted it in the sense that you bought it. And now that company, Duke, is going to pay you income as long as you don't sell that share now or shares. How long has, well, actually, before I ask this question, let me ask you another one. How risky do you think the stock market is? I think it's very risky. Very risky. It's very unpredictable. I, I called it an insane place because nothing is re- nothing is normal. You just listen to the talking heads, the media. Uh, they just it, go insane. It's awful. Up and down, up and it's, down. And they're all scary. experts. It's yeah. scary, yeah. So do you think you can find consistency, uh, sanity in an insane market? Let me tell you, if you bought Duke, and I am not condoning, I'm not suggesting, I'm just telling you some facts here. Duke Energy as a company has not missed a dividend payment since the 1800s. That's hard to imagine. 1800s. So the stock has been all over the place, up, down, sideways. And yet every single time that they've had a dividend payment, 
they've been on time paying that income to their shareholders. That's how you can find consistency in an inconsistent market. That's why you want to be a planter and not a grower. Somebody, and yet, we've, we've been taught to be growers. That's, that's what the, the industry tends to teach and what it focuses on, that you're going to buy low and sell high. And, you know, that doesn't give you income month after month like a dividend. Well, there's so much stock. more stress. I mean, that's going back to when Doctor was on the, on the show earlier. And if you're just tuning in, we had Dr. Wade Fowl on the show. He's a professor of retirement income at the American College in Pennsylvania. He's written a couple books. And the vast majority of that part of the show was really about risk management and understanding sequency of returns. And there's a lot of numbers thrown around. But when it comes down to it, it's making sure that you're not going to ever have to worry about running out of money. That's right. And if you don't have crops that produce that you don't have to replant, you're always going to be stressful that you have to start the year, this the beginning of the season, plant and do all this hard work just to eat. That's right. Who wants to be that stressful? I don't want to be that stressed out every year in retirement. And, you know, the thing is, corn is going to be affected by the elements. Droughts, floods, just all kinds of things can happen to it. And that's the same thing in the stock market. That that uncertainty is there that can destroy your, your investment. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the opportunity to text the word KIT, K-I-T, to 33222. If you do that... What's going to happen in a few short days is we're going to give you a kit that we call the Retirement Rescue Toolkit. And inside of that, there's going to be a couple books, Rethink, Replan, Retire, that I've written in a book that Charlie's written called Planning on Living Forever. And that's some great insight, easy-to-read books. You can probably consume in two different days each of those books. And inside of those books is going to give you some great insight to how we think, how, how we suggest and and recommend people set up their future retirement income streams. You know, we're not making recommendations in the books, but we're helping you, we're inviting you inside of our doors. So inevitably, when we do get together to meet, you're going to know exactly where we are, where we're coming from, and how we think. And all you have to do to get that absolutely free is text the word KIT, K-I-T, to 33222. We got time for like two more minutes of content and I really want to dive into right now, how can we help somebody out there build an income stream in two minutes that that they can't outlive? Charlie, what do you think here? Well, I'm going to tell you, when we get folks into the office and share with them the Simplicity plan and the software, it, uh, they almost get it immediately. And, and once you start learning, uh, the way we go through this, process and see how we create that income and can show them pretty clearly that, hey, we can get that income that we need month after month. Um, you can almost see a smile on their face. It's really nice. And, and just to bring that into reality, if you're hearing that, and I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot of direction, but giving financial advice is a lot like understanding your your own cravings. I mean, everybody craves things differently. Everybody has different tastes. Um, everybody has different um, allergies and what they can and can't eat. And some people are on diets and some people aren't. So you can't just give a blanket answer and say, hey, just take these two or, you know, buy this and it's all good. It doesn't work that way. I'm you got to meet people. You got to understand where they are, what you have to plan around and then build the income stream around that. There's not been a single time where we have not been able to build that income stream, you know. And again, I want to be very clear here. We are not talking about any specific type of investment. Um, We don't think any investment's bad, but there are certain investments that we probably don't recommend very often. It's situational. What's just right for that one person? So why don't you set us up for next week? What's Who's going to be our guest next week, Charlie? And unfortunately, I'm not going to be on the show. Oh, it's going to be me by myself yeah, again. Yeah, I'm going to be in our Michigan office next week. Well, you know, picture this. It's the day of your retirement, and you receive your last paycheck. So now what's your plan to create an income that will sustain your lifestyle? Have you given that any thought at all, folks? Roger Friedman, author of The Mindset of Retirement Success, takes a deep dive with you into the most important factor of retirement success, your mindset. There are many factors that determine if you will ever be able to enjoy a lifestyle sustaining income in retirement. Find out the steps to help you visualize the path ahead. 
Join hands as Roger walks you step-by-step on what you will need to do to improve your chance for a financially abundant retirement. And that's going to be next Saturday at 11.30, Simply Financial, right here on WFNZ. Should be a great show because because uh, he doesn't necessarily think the same way we do. But you know, in, in our when we talk to folks, we always talk about what's your vision for retirement. Yeah, you know that's the first step. Not I have a budget. It's what do you want to do in retirement? And I got an idea that might be where he's coming from. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about that show. I think mostly in part because I think he's going to bring up stuff that we either strongly disagree or is going to help us think from different perspectives. But, you know, we always tell people retire to something, retire mm-hmm. to your passion. Don't just retire from a job. So, again, I just want to thank uh, Dr. Wade Fowl. He was on the show today, professor of retirement income at the American College. Uh, he's written a couple books, most notably um, how – how much can I spend in retirement? I love that name. Thanks, thanks, Charlie, because that's <laughs> probably the number one question that we hear time and time again. Yeah. I want to thank our awesome producer, Stephen, uh, rock star that uh, you don't get to hear every week, but he's the one that makes this show possible. I want to thank the, thank the fine folks here at WFNZ who give us this forum that we can share our minds every week. And for you, the listener out there, I want to thank you so much for tuning in, telling your friends all about the show, Uh, 11.30 Saturday, so they can tune in and and hear what we have to say. And I also want to remind you out there how you can get in touch with us. Uh, The number is 855-999-PLAN. Again, that's 855-999-PLAN. That's 7526. Um, If you don't like to text, um, because we've given away that kit uh, that we talk about every single week, text the word KIT, K-I-T, to 33222. You can also call us at 855-999-PLAN. We would gladly send you that kit absolutely free. Absolutely. And the last thing is insightfolios.com. So thank you again for tuning in. We'll be right back here next week, 1130, Saturday morning. 